welcome back to the Haircuts and Uppercuts podcast. Uh, today it's a bit of a different one. As those of you that know, when Haircuts and Uppercuts podcast first started, it was all about Rob helping me do something to deal with uh, my mental health. Uh, today we are joined by recording artist Adam Smith from Glass Temples, who is also one of our best friends. Hello. Um, <clears throat> said he'd come onto the pod and um, share, you know, what he's done, his methods, and give you a little insight to how you can do something as well to help yourself and how taking an hour a day, if you need to, to do something productive uh, to help you with your mental health isn't being selfish, it's improving yourself. So welcome on, Adam. Hiya, how you doing? All good. <laughs> And uh, Robbie Rob's here, as always, as you can see. Yeah, as usual, up the horns. Right, so let, let's get into it then. Um, we've been laughing and joking off camera. It feels a bit weird that the three of us have got to be serious together. Um, so I'll let Rob start because he's got a series of questions that are going to lead into uh, you know, some questions I've got for you. So take it away, Rob. Yeah, so obviously... I know the answers to all these questions, but it's really for the um, the viewers and listeners, really. Um, just a bit about your band, Adam, your guitar playing. Obviously, we've played together quite a lot. You've taught me a lot. You've probably taught Luke quite a lot as well. Um, my first question really is, um, what music really gets you excited and led you to start writing music and therefore get into a band, etc.? Yeah, I think um, just going to gigs and stuff, really. Um, I think there's certain bands that you sort of see the sort of spark sort of interest um i think it's definitely seeing seeing bands live that sort of done that like you know hear things on the radio and stuff and obviously it's quite easy to forget songs now because of streaming and things like that um not actually having like a physical copy it's quite easy to sort of lose stuff because there's so much new music coming out all the time but i think actually going to like an experience and sort of having that memory um yeah that's sort of what sort of sparks things for me really yeah um obviously with you playing you know i'm guessing you pick you, know, you obviously got interested in guitar because you're interested in music, like we all did, really. Um, as a musician, you know, are, are you trying to be the complete musician or are you trying to, let's say, master your trade as such? As in, you know, you know what you want to play, or are you always trying to find new things, or you know, just, just a bit of an insight into that, really? I mean, guitar's always been my main thing, um, so it was like a guitarist for quite a long time, and then, um, you know, I've always sort of dabbled with songs on the side. And then, um, yeah, it was it was obviously having my own project where my sort of songwriting came through and then you start leading on to other things, having a go at piano and start playing a bit of bass and other stuff, which is all, once you sort of play one instrument, it all, it all does relate to certain other things. And, it, you know, it's not as hard to, you're not starting from scratch, you know, picking something up and you've got like a bit of theory behind it, um, which makes it a bit easier. But yeah, primarily like guitar is, you know, the thing that sort of... Yeah. I know I'll see the music sense of that as well like the bands you're in you know we've known you for a long time you're playing guitar yeah. in front of me when I first met you I was like blown away but like, well um and, you know you joined the band what is it now three four is it about two two three years since you joined yeah um, yeah been in 90 power about four years yeah um, and then I was going to get on to the point that you've you know you've started this other side project and they're both going really well and um is that really kind of trying new things out and dipping into a different genre and a different market such 
Yeah, I think so. Yeah, because I like so you know such a wide range of music. Um, it's kind of good to have two bands, one which is like the heavier side, and then one one which you know can be a bit more experimental with and and try you know try other stuff out that I wouldn't do in the other band. Yeah, and on that point, um, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who are your top three musical influences? Could be guitar player, singer, drummer, whatever. Uh, so yeah, I like nothing but fees. I like the guitarist um, in that band, Joe. Um, yeah, he's, he's, I suppose, really probably the main one is like a you know, guitarist and sort of on the modern side of music. Um, dude, there's a guy in Incubus, but if you remember them, yeah, a 90s band, um, guy in that really, yeah, really good guitarist. And then obviously, there's like the classic ones like Guy at Radiohead and things like that. The guys that do more sort of ambient stuff, really. Um, so yeah, that's it on the guitar, but like singing wise, um, yeah, Eddie from Wolf Alice got like a fantastic voice yeah good good look as well good persona isn't she on the stage you've yeah. seen a lot of before um, yeah 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 i mean that's the thing with music adam is it it ranges from different you know a, a lot of people are kind of set on one genre mm-hmm. but you know for me you know my top influence is shane mcgowan he can't yeah. sing for shit he's a great songwriter and then um you know crystal carson's thought they'd done for music were brilliant fantastic you know two different completely different ends of the spectrum um how would you describe yourself as a musician uh, i suppose i like sad songs <laughs> a lot of my stuff quite dark um or you know quite dark quite aggressive um i don't really write too much happy stuff which is a bit weird but that's just where i sort of sit really i like the more powerful stuff the stuff that hits you a bit harder I think it's quite, yeah, it's quite good getting like the emotions going. So that's where I sort of always go to. That's probably having mates like us rubbing off on you, right? But, uh, yeah, probably. <laughs> 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 and also with guitar playing, so I've obviously I've seen you play live plenty of times, and I've sat in room with you and played just me and you. And obviously, you're eight hundred thousand times better than I am. But um, do you put a lot of music out there? Do you have certain? Obviously, don't. Put them out on the podcast, but do you have certain chords, riffs, that you kind of keep to yourself, and you just kind of keep them to sit in? And this is more getting on the mental health side of it, you know. Do you, do you have certain you know, certain songs you'll write, which you just keep to yourself and not put out there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, the first one that I found were Glass Temples. I'm torn. That was something I'd have for quite a long time. I've been working on. I had the guitar probably probably about ten years, something like that. Um, and yeah, I really, really like that, that sort of melodic sort of picking part that's in that. And then obviously took that and the lyrics came over time. So yeah, that one, that one was one that I had for quite a while. And there's others that are the same. And I think you just sort of, you see it on stuff. Some things come quickly. You can write songs, songs, it will come just, you know, within like a week or whatever. And it's pretty much there. Other ones, they take, you know, take a little bit more time. And especially if they're, they're ones that mean something, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'll you know, go back to memories playing with you and you'll put on a beat in the background you'll be sat there just kind of figuring out in your head, oh, and, and then you listen, you know, you meet up with you two weeks later and you've kind of mastered it, do you know what I mean? And it's, yeah, yeah. You know, as an outsider, it's really interesting to um, to look at, really. Um, talking about your guitar skills, where do you want them to be a year from now? And the band, if you don't mind me asking that question. Yeah, I mean, in both bands, we managed to get Beavis introducing this year, which was really good. And um, I think from that, you can get, you know, some festival slots or a bit more interest from 
for festivals, even if it's just, you know, an early slot or whatever. But I'd quite like to play Truck Festival this year. We got quite close last year. I think we got from like 3,000 down to like the final 100. So if we could get into Truck, if we could play Truck, that would be, because that's my local festival, that would be, that would be brilliant. Yeah, and um, look, I mean, we'll be putting both your bands all over the podcast. We'll try and get some of the members on as well from both bands. Um, yeah, any, anyone who's listening who hasn't listened to Adam's music or his band's music as such, they've grown very quickly. Um, you know, watch your space. They're going to be very good. Um, what makes you proudest about your music, Adam? Because I know you, you, you know, you love your music. You love playing. You kind of got to this level now where... You, you know, you know me, me, me and Luke aren't surprised because we know how talented you are, but I think yourself you are a bit, do you know what I mean? And, you know, yeah. it's really taken off and, you know, surely, you know, you've got to be very proud about that part of it and, you know, creating a couple yeah. of bands, entertaining people, just your views on that, really. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I know we'll probably get onto it in, in a little bit, but obviously, on, you know, the mental health side, like, I, would, I wouldn't have done that five years ago. I wouldn't have gone and paid a gig in front of people. So I think... Um, yeah, having that confidence now to you know stand up on stage and be relaxed and almost be in a bit of a trance is yeah a real nice thing for me personally. You know. Yeah, and obviously as very good friends of you, and I think Luke vouched for this. You know, we know five years ago you wouldn't sit on the stage and you're doing it now, and you're you're absolutely rocking it, mate. And it's brilliant to watch. Um, yeah. Brilliant to see from a personal point of view as well. Um, um, final question. Sorry, I've had a few, but um, where do you see your projects or your bands in the next, let's say, year, two years? Yeah, what, what, think, what are your bands and just, yeah, just releasing more music. I think really and getting better gigs. I think each, you know, each month goes by and you get a little bit of a busier gig and it's a little bit busier. And I think the highlight of the summer was we played Bunk Fest in Wallingford and that was like four gigs over over one weekend. And that was brilliant because we, we started off with one and there wasn't that many people. And then from each gig, we grabbed people who came and watched, followed us to the next one. And then, and then on the final one, it was it was pretty packed and we managed to drag people in from all these other gigs. And that was that was nice to hear, you know, people's reactions at the end and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I had a guy at work, he, he went to Tame Festival, I think. Um, Tame Music Festival, which you played? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He played a couple of times, and we, you know, I came and watched it the first year you were a band, and, um, you yeah, know, he had a good crowd, and he said, I didn't know he was going, he's coming to work, so I saw a really good band called 19th Farrah. They're really good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I know him. <laughs> you know, they're really good. So, yeah, the music's getting out there, and, it, and you know, as as mates and as, you know, people who like music, well done, congratulations, and let's watch it grow. Um, yeah, yeah. Thank you for answering them, mate. I appreciate yeah, it. No worries. <laughs> okay, so <clears throat> the reason why I got Rob to start off and ask the questions, because obviously what we're talking about now is where you are at in life now. And obviously no one wants to start off talking about the worst part. But what listeners have to realise that where you are now is somewhere really positive and you know a place of growth as well like you know like you're talking about incremental goals getting more people at a gig trying to play another festival um you know being on bbc it's it's in the growth stage but like you said yourself a couple of years ago you wouldn't have even been able to see yourself here would you no no not at all no. so and this is this is why I bring you on. Obviously, I'm <clears throat> not gonna bring up you know your personal story. I'll I'll leave that up to you. But 
you know, there's there's lots of people today that was in your position five years ago, and you took a passion of yours, and you essentially use that as a form of therapy, which is something that I think everyone can do, and something that I've done, something that many people have done. So let's let's go back to then. So was it a conscious decision to pick up your guitar, uh, to start writing some music uh, to help yourself? Or was it you are in a dark place, everything's feeling a bit hopeless and shit, so you turn to a passion? Can you remember what it was? Was it a conscious decision or unconscious decision, do you reckon? Yeah, it was definitely unconscious. I mean, I, I say like, I played it for a long time, but I did put it down for a few years. And, um, yeah, I think I'd just come out from like a quite a long relationship. And I think that was definitely something that, you know, obviously I, I would come to your barbershop and you jam, would have jam work. I would do the same with, with Rob. Um, so, yeah, I think it was like quite a social aspect as well. Getting to go and see people and doing something that I got interested in, which, which definitely, yeah, was a massive, massive help. And like you say, I think just having something to, put your your interest in and not being on your phone like scrolling on your phone all day I think that's quite important really having something that's actually real that you can go and do no as well Adam right you know you um you know we knew you for a long time didn't we and you kind of kept the old guitar playing a bit of a secret and Mm. I listen to that now and you probably weren't playing and as I said earlier you picked up a guitar one day played it in front of us and our drawers are just on the floor whoa you're really good at that. <laughs> Shit balls, this guy can yeah. play. And you know, that, yeah, yeah, and you know, that's that's obviously probably the moment you picked it up, right? Picks it up again, and um, yeah, yeah. so I'll, I'll let you carry on, Luke. Apologies. So, so what what would you say to someone? Imagine you could talk to yourself five years ago now. What you know? What bit of advice would you say um, to them or someone listening that has a passion that they can lean on to help themselves with? Yeah, I think definitely like talk to people. I think that's the most important thing. I think like especially as men, we tend not to. And I know there's this is getting a bit more um, sort of time in the press at the minute where people are talking about that. You know that men don't talk about their mental health as much, but I do think that is true. You know, you sort of are. You know, especially if you you with a bunch of lads, or whatever, you sort of think, oh, I can't really bring this up. You know, it's a bit awkward to talk about. But I do think that's probably where to start. Really talking about it, and then. Yeah, finding something that you've got an interest in is definitely what helped me. Obviously, everyone's different, but I think, yeah, something that's real. Like I say, you know, it's easy now. You sort of get in in an evening, you think, oh, it's almost like it's a job where you've got to come in, you've got to check Instagram, you've got to check Facebook, you've got to check your emails, you have to check all these things. And, but you don't, you know, it doesn't actually matter. It's all fake stuff. And I think having like a real experience, like going for a walk, going to the pub, where you make for a beer and having a chat, whether it be playing a guitar or whatever your thing is, I think that that is is going to be a massive a massive plus. No, it is, and you know, there's there's you know therapy groups out there which you know not everyone has access to, not everyone can afford. Where you are doing something that will make you happy as a yeah. form of therapy, and you know, of all the research that, you know, people have done into, you know, anxiety or depression and things like that, it, it is a chemical imbalance of serotonin in the brain. That's what 
Prozac does. It slowly brings back that balance. And it's obviously a synthetic balance or synthetically helped because it's a drug. I'm not a doctor, so don't quote me on this. It's just from my personal experience of taking the shit. Um, I didn't like it. Um, some people at work, some people it won't. Um, but I found when I started doing stuff for myself, which releases serotonin naturally, you you actually start to feel better over a longer period of time as well. Yeah, it's just yeah. I think I think just taking a bit of time out of the day for yourself because it's so easy now, like with, with how life is these days, the pressure and the fast pace. It's so easy to to always put yourself at the back and think, actually, I'm, I can just get like another hour's work done. I can answer a few more emails or whatever. And I think just actually saying, no, I'm going to have this hour between this time and this time and go and do something is really important. No, it's also a, a very important... selfish, is it? Mm. No, I, think no. a very, I think a very important point to make as well is, um, you know, as a man, you know, we all we all hang about in groups and mates, we've all grown up together, you know, we've all been at the pits and the lows, haven't we? And we've always been there, putting our arm around each other's shoulder. Um, I think a lot of people need to, you know, people need to do that a bit more. You know, if your mate's gone a bit quiet, you know, give him a call. Go for a part yeah. put your arm around his shoulder, reassure him. Um, and that helps a lot for people. And it helped with me. Um, I don't know if it helped for, you, for yourselves, but, you know, um, I think, yeah, a message to anybody out there listening who, um, as a friend who they think is going through something like that, check up on them. Make sure they're okay. And I think that's extremely important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So when it when it comes to your writing now with, um, you know, not the music, um, but the lyrics, obviously you know, music's a feeling. So you, you're going to sit, I, I know when I sit down and play guitar, it depends what mood I'm in, depends on how I play and what style of music I play. But yeah. When when you sit down and write, you obviously have to tap in to an emotional state, don't you? You have to, um, you know, tap into a period uh, to write them lyrics. So, for instance, the, the lyrics that I'm torn, anyone um, that has listened to the song, you know, really, really listen to them lyrics and... How did you feel when writing that? Because that's like a process of dealing with it itself in writing it, isn't it? And then yeah. how did you feel when it was recorded and finished? Like, was it was that like a healing process? Uh, plus yeah, probably. I, th I think, yeah, probably actually was something like that. Right? I mean, the, yeah, the song sort of is about, you know, is actually quite positive, like especially last chorus it is about over overcoming that and... Um, yeah, there's stuff in there that obviously, like, there's lyrics that I know exactly what obviously I meant when you know when I wrote them, but other people interpretate them in another way. And I suppose that's kind of what I wanted to do. Really, I want to be, I wanted to be indirect with the lyrics and um, let people take what they want to from the song. I think that you know it's a better way for people to connect to to the song, having it that way instead of it being too direct and making it obvious what every line means. So yeah, there's quite a lot of like tongue and cheek lyrics in that, but yeah, it probably probably was a healing process, really, because I say you know I wouldn't have put out like five years ago. It you know it sort of come after realizing that actually that you know there is always the grass is always green on the other side. You know, 
Quick question, Adam, about um, that song. <clears throat> Personal question, don't have to answer it. How long did it take you to write it? So, like, how many how many years are these thoughts? You know, because all right, people say you'll write a song in a week or a day, but obviously, all your life experiences are put in that record, right? Um, yeah, yeah. I say the guitar had quite a long time that I sort of a riff that I'd kept sort of kept back because you know I wasn't too sure what I was going to do with it and then yeah the lyrics just came one day sort of out of nowhere really a bit strange but yeah when when they started to to flow it was probably a couple of weeks and and I had you know the sort of main sort of structure and obviously you know it's adding bits and taking bits out and <laughs> you know mm -hmm. never quite happy but but one one thing I do want to uh, bring up as well is your younger sister is the lead singer of Glass Temples. So how how was it as not only her brother, but her older brother as well, going to her, speaking to her about, look, you're a wicked singer. I want you to sing on this project. Here's my lyrics. Now, that on the surface of it, you know, the White Stripes, they've done things like that and, you know, there's going to be people in bands that take lyrics to other bandmates, but taking such personal lyrics to your sister, you know, is that ridiculously hard or because uh, I mean, to me, you know, it would be. yeah, we got we got quite a good relationship, so it was, you know, probably the best way really than just taking it to someone else. You know, I think taking it to like a mate or something like that would have been actually probably a bit harder, really. So yeah, taking it to you know someone you're quite close to especially family yeah definitely made it made it like a real nice thing to be honest um so yeah and i think it just suited just the, the song sort of suited the female voice as well you know that's all i imagined on that track so yeah i mean I, yeah it was strange really because obviously I, I didn't know that zoe was gonna gonna sing that song i wasn't too sure who was gonna sing it but it just sort of it just sort of happened really so but with with getting obviously your sister involved and her, you know, being the singer and, and singing your lyrics, they um, what what does that feel like? Because obviously, you know, you're a guitarist, you're not a singer, but writing lyrics that are so personal to you that you know someone else is going to sing them, let alone a, a you know a family member. Like, is that a weird a weird feeling, or is it is it? Like yeah, I mean, it's, it, no, I think. Yeah, I was obviously like proud of the lyrics and proud of the song, but obviously when you hear it back and when someone's in the vocal booth and they're singing and it's being recorded and you can you'll hear it for the first time being properly recorded on the track. Yeah, it's, it's a nice feeling, especially when um you hear it back and it's not awful. Because <laughs> there is always that worry, you know. But um yeah, yeah, no, it is it, quite a special feeling, I think. I think it's like, you know, there's probably a sense of pride there as well for your sister, right? When she's in that recording studio singing your song you've written. Yeah, yeah. it's got to be a for the pairing. Yeah, yeah definitely. You know, it comes back to what you're saying about, you know, you do need to talk. Like, you know, there's no shame in talking. And if you can't go to your family and friends, who can you go to? So, you know, by taking your music and your lyrics to your sister, that that's them working together to sort it out and talking and dealing with it for your music. It is, you know, 
<clears throat> probably, you know, for you, the, the best way you could have dealt with it, which is why, you know, I think it's so important that people do talk because instead of someone turning around and saying, I'll go to your doctor, take these pills. For some people it works. For some people it doesn't. And, you know, for you, being active, doing something you're passionate about has helped you massively, hasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, like to touch on another point as well, what you just said about, you know, having family and friends, obviously like, yeah, you know, personally, I was quite lucky that I got family and a good bunch of mates, but, you know, there's other people out there, you could be a student or whatever, you know, you're away from home, you might not have any mates around or family or whatever. And I think even things like, you know, I know you've done things at your barbershop before, stuff like that there is always things around or even just going and getting your hair cut and talking to your barber like people people will listen um you know and it's just yeah it's just no, no yeah i've been a barber 18 years the, the stuff i've had people open up to me about and talk to me about and um, plus going for it myself and everything that happened with my cousin that's why i'm passionate about this and you know i I left my ego at the door years ago. I, if someone wants to call me, whatever they want to call me for wanting to talk about <clears throat> mental health issues, <clears throat> throw them stones. I don't care. I don't have an ego no more. And well, I really think it's lovely. You know, but, uh, what's great about maybe not our generation, but the generation below us. So, so the gener like you know, your your daughter's age, right? Yeah. There's no stigma around it now. People can talk about it, and there are the. Um, they're the services there really to help and there's a support group you know when we were 15 we didn't have that no we you know, didn't. and, and what, what's fantastic and i think everyone should keep talking about it and keep banging the drum for it there is a great support system now and going back to other support the people you know, students there who you know away from home or people working away from home etc you know there is a support there now which is fantastic there is that there's not enough of it um but there is a lot more than there was when we were younger um, oh 100 yeah you know like, um, like adam says about you know talking to your barber but you know see you guys have spoken to me about stuff i've spoken to you about stuff that's because we're friends but you know adam is right there is there is people out there that are not just young people either but from personal experience now i might get a 90 year old in for his haircut he's still sat down in my shop an hour and a half later after having his haircut because that might be the only conversation he has all day and you know they're that generation they're the other generation where it's stiff up a lip and they they're not going to open up about it but i know why they're sat there for an hour and a half because you know we're we're more educated on the matter just how the younger generations are going to be even more educated than we are because People have talked about it, it has developed, and you know, people are prepared to you know come on podcasts like this and much bigger podcasts as well and talk about how they deal with their issues. So yeah, it's there's no shame in it, is there? Mm. No. no, not at all. Which is I I don't want to have this like a plug, but it's why I started the product range. So with a percentage of the profits i want to send barbers on mental health first aid courses so then people can go to someone that isn't a doctor a gp or if they don't have any friends or family around them 
they've got someone with a basic level of training they can talk to. Which yeah, I mean, I, I, I believe Luke, it should stuff like that should be government funded. You know, like first aid should be government funded in schools. Um, you know, it's a it's a huge problem in the UK mental health, and it should be government funded. It shouldn't be the likes of you know yourself doing stuff like that, which is admirable, so admirable. But um, and you know, as a country, where our government need to look at themselves. <laughs> you know, what more yeah, can they, they do? do? They, they, they do they, and... because they really can, and um. And, and that's how, you know, in my eyes, why doesn't every kid know how to use a defibrillator? You could save someone's life in two minutes. Now, why isn't every kid trained on mental health from the age of 10 years old upwards? No, it's easy to do. They spend enough money on other crap. <laughs> so Yeah, they, they do. Obviously, you know, we are, we are getting off topic and stuff, but, you know, people listening to it, it's like, you know, these are the questions we need to be asking, really. Um you know, why isn't it coming from the top? You know, it's great that people will get together and they'll talk and they'll try to take action and do what they can. But going from the bottom up is much harder sometimes. But Yeah, but, yeah whereas, in, you know, I think a lot of people in the country are doing their part, right? But there's a certain section that aren't. And I'm talking about governments, etc. They're not doing their part in this. No. They need to. Hope, hopefully, um, it will change. Hopefully, it will. Yeah. So but, sorry, Nico. I have to have a rant at least once on every podcast. So. Yeah, nothing changes. <laughs> you wait until we do the boxing podcast, and he gets on about Hatton Barrera. Yeah. <laughs> but so, um, there's another thing I want to bring up. Actually, I'm going back now. Um, so in your your latest uh, single, you have done a music video for it as well. Yeah, yeah. So um, it's called Changing the Tide. And where did you go and film it again? Uh, Worthing. 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 Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah. <clears throat> the reason why I, I brought up about, you know, getting your sister involved um, to sing and, you know, what was that like, you know, being so open about, well, I'm not saying being open about mental health because your sister knew anyway because, you know, you are really close. But to expose yourself with your lyrics, there's there's a part in it where she's sat down singing in the music video, and you're sat on the rock next to her. Mm. Now we have been friends since we were 18 years old, and I can read you like a book. There's a moment in that music video when you look at your sister, and the expression on your face is "fucking hell." Uh, and um, as a friend watching that, I actually, I, I felt quite moved. I was like, fuck me. Like, that is the happiest I've seen him in a long time, other than your wedding day. <laughs> yeah. I, I, he's just really drunk then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, yeah, I know what you mean. I think, like you say, you know, it's, music's a feeling, isn't it? So, um, yeah, I think you can just lose yourself in a little bit and... Yeah, it's good. So now I think, yeah, that that yeah that song particularly is quite powerful towards the end. I think that, I think I know the bit you mean. So yeah, I I know. Um, I see. I don't want to don't want to talk about the lyrics in here because we are gonna put the song at the end of the podcast. Um, so people can listen to it and you know then go find it on Spotify. But before we wrap this up, um, <clears throat> is there anything else you want to add, Adam? Before we ask our final questions. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, obviously, like, thanks for having me on. 
Um, really appreciate it. And yeah, you know, I think it's nice that, you know, you've taken the time to to do a podcast about this really because, you know, I know you guys like the boxing and stuff and that's that's something that's quite quite a positive thing, quite exciting and stuff. And, you know, people don't always want to talk about about the mental health side sort of things. And yeah, I think it's just a real good thing what, what you guys are doing really. Well, the reason why I've waited until now to kick off um, the mental health series running up to Christmas, there's two reasons. One was I wanted the Hatton Barrera fight out of the way because we're going to talk about that on the Hatton Barrera um, podcast because that was Ricky Hatton coming back to lose weight, get himself back in shape, not just physically but mentally get himself back in shape because... Uh, Ricky Hatton's very open about, you know, he's tried to commit suicide and everything like that. And also, more people suffer and commit suicide and run up to Christmas than any other time of the year. So I think it's important that we put this content out there this time of year so people can realise it might be, you know, the festive season, but you can still talk to your friends. You know, you're not going to ruin their day talking to them about something like this in November and December. Yeah, I'll reiterate, if there is uh, someone out there who's got a friend who you think maybe having these thoughts, put your arm around and check on them. Because um, it done the world of good for me and it done the world of good for you guys. And it probably does the world of good for everyone. So you know, check up on each other. Be, be kind people to each other. It goes a long way. So... Um... Before before we uh, wrap this up, Adam, one tough question. Yeah. <laughs> When's the first Glass Temples gig? You've had you've had two songs out now. You've been playing all the radio stations. BBC introducing. Yeah, I think, when, when uh, I think been end of January, I think. Okay, Oxford. Probably, yeah, yeah. There's a few little venues that that are quite nice that I've, I've sort of been taking a little look at. So. Yeah, probably Oxford end of January. Hopefully, fingers crossed. <laughs> nice. We, we have a we, we have we have a policy. If we invite you on the podcast, we expect free tickets. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I'm supposed to be the northerner. You're you're the Titan. You're not even northern. <laughs> you tight bastard. Yeah. I, I'll get it from the best. But... Yeah, I've trained you well. Right, Adam. Um, thank you very much for coming on. Um, it's very weird. You know, having such a serious conversation in a professional <laughs> manner. Yeah, no, you know, thanks. We've got a bit of catching up to do, haven't we, later on? If, uh... Yeah. <laughs> but um, one thing I do want to say before before we sign off, um, now this isn't really my place to say, but we've touched on it a little bit. Like Adam has said before, five years ago, he wouldn't be able to... Uh, you know, put a song out there. You wouldn't have been able to record a music video. And it's been a stage of incremental steps to get to this point, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, don't yeah. don't focus on the top of the mountain. You you know, you have to in, enjoy every step of the way. Otherwise, you're going to be disheartened all the time. Um you know, don't focus on the end goal, focus on the journey. Because <clears throat> you know, you need incremental steps, don't you? You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It gets overwhelming. 
So, um, yeah, nice little bit of wisdom for you there at the end from a not-so-wise person. <laughs> Any closing uh, words, Rob? Yeah, uh, well, obviously up the arms. Still shit. Um, yeah, no, Adam, thanks for coming on. Thanks for answering our questions. Anyone listening, um, go and follow 19th Hour, go and follow Glass Temples. Obviously, follow us to haircuts, stuff cuts every week you can. And um, yeah, thanks for coming on. We'll be tagging all of Adam's bands, etc., on there, and a few other bits and bobs. And yeah, look out for the next podcast because it'll be a good one. Nice one. Right, cheers. cheers. Thanks for coming on. Cheers.